store for living water and for us today. I just want you to smile at somebody right quick, right beside you, and say, are you really expecting God to do something for you? Now, I believe that God has put this church already in revival. I believe we're in the second stage of revival, and we're about to go to the third. We begin to prepare for the third. The third stage of revival is when it leaves the house, and it goes outside. And we're going to attempt to do that this weekend. And God is going to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. God is hearing many people as they pray. And as prayers have been sent into the Lord, many people are hearing about what is happening in Living Water. God is bringing the family of Living Water Worship Center back together again. And you know this is home. Act like it's home. Treat it like it's home. Love everybody that's here like they're part of the family. When they get out of whack, get them in whack. And if you need to understand me, just try to get a hold of me. We'll try to understand one another. But God is richly doing something in this church. I believe it. The same spirit, the spirit has changed. It's not the same spirit that it was six months ago. God has done something dramatic in hearts in this church. Amen. Uh, I tell you, one I am really proud of is Katrina. Katrina has came a long way. She's came from the back row all the way to the front row, just about it. Eventually, I'm gonna put her up here to sing, so everybody can hear her sing. Uh, she's looking around, right so me. But we praise the Lord. We're glad today that you are God's child. We're glad today that you've chosen Living Water to be a part of your worship service here on Sunday morning. Genesis chapter number one is a very, very, very familiar scripture, especially under my teaching. It is called the dominion mandate of man. God said in verse 26 of Genesis chapter number one, he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. And let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. dominion. Say let us have dominion. Now a lot of times when we hear the word let. We think and the word let is a uh, option within it. But in the Bible the word let means it is a command. It means that the creation realizes and understands that you have dominion. It means that you must realize and understand that you have dominion. And you must realize what dominion is. Dominion is where you are the ruling and reigning potentate for your area. So wherever God has put you at, you are to rule that creation and to rule it the way you're supposed to rule it under the kingdom of Almighty God. So everybody say, I have dominion. dominion. Find a neighbor and say, you have dominion. And this everybody say, now we're going to act like it. He says, so let us have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the creeping things upon the earth. So God created man in his image and his likeness and God's created he, him male and female and created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I don't know what it is with my glasses, but they are just fogging all up up here. But look at your neighbor right beside me and say, God deals with you in multiplication. God does not add nothing to you and he does not subtract anything from you. When he blesses you, he multiplies it to you. If you are cursed, it is a multiple multiplication process that's going on in your life. If you are fulfilling a dominion mandate that God has given you, you are in control of your world. You are in control of your emotions. You are in control of your family. You are in control of your money. You are in control of almost everything you or everything that you touch here in the world. So you are supposed to be the one that makes the creation comes to you. Someone shout out amen like you mean it. Amen. So he said, now I have put you in dominion. I put you in dominion over all the fish of the sea. I put you in dominion over everything that there is here on the earth. Your dominion runs from the throne room in heaven all the way down here on earth. And if your earth is not looking the way it's supposed to, it's because you're not operating in dominion like you should. Amen? Amen. 
Now flip over to chapter number 2, verse 15, as he adds a little bit more to that. And he said, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Everybody say, dress it and keep it. Now that's one of the jobs that you have to do in your life. You must dress and keep the creation. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the front, that uh, I can't remember, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou shalt eat of it, thou shalt surely die. So when Adam ate that fruit, and for all of you that need to know what it is, it was a fig tree. I mean, it's just really easy for you to understand that. Because when they ate the, the, the fruit, they tied together and sewed together fig leaves to cover themselves. They were sitting up under a fig. A fig is the representative of the nation of Israel. So let's just settle there by saying he, he, he ate an apple and all this. Excuse me, it's a fig tree. So when he ate that fruit, immediately the dominion mandate that was given unto man was canceled out. So for thousands of years, there was no dominion of man. You think that you are living in a bad time? I'm going to tell you, from the time of Adam's fall until the time that Jesus come, you were in a real bad situation because the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, did not come in and dwell like he's dwelling right now. There was nothing that was restraining evil. There was nothing that was holding back all the hell that was going on out there. That's why angels were marrying, or fallen angels were marrying women and producing a race that God didn't even create. And God said, I got to annihilate and destroy the whole earth. There was nothing that restrained any type of sin that was going on. Thank God today that we still have the Holy Ghost working here on the earth. Amen. So the minute that they, they ate that and missed it, uh, and, and they lost that dominion immediately, and that remained dormant for many years. But let's flip over to John chapter number 3 as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And I want you to see what Jesus is saying here. I'm going to explain some of this before I preach my point today because this is a very important point. Today we are going to look in... How you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many is ready to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. So this is going to tell us how we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. John chapter number 3, when our church has that, say amen like you mean it. Amen. And the Bible reads and declares, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, ye know that thou art a teacher. We know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do the miracles that thou hast done except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. You see, that's in the capital S. Born of the Holy Ghost. Born of the Holy Ghost. Except a man be born of water and of the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Of God. Someone shout out amen. amen. Now flip over to Galatians chapter number five. You're going to be flipping for a little bit this morning until I can get you to the point to where I can preach this. My eyes are not in real good shape here this morning with these glasses that I have. So some of you are going to have to just bear with me today as I try to get everything together. But smile at me. Don't get too quiet. If you have Galatians chapter number five, say amen. amen. Reading verse number 16. Says this, I say, and this is Paul writing to the Galatians. Says, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Holy Ghost. Everybody holler out and say, walk in the Holy Ghost. Walk in the Holy Ghost. Live in the Holy Ghost. Walk wherever you do. Go whatever you're doing. Do it in the Holy Ghost. And be, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit. And the Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. 
But if ye be led of the Spirit or the Holy Ghost, ye are not under the law. Everybody here today, haul out and say, I'm not under the law. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Because you're led by the Holy Ghost. When you're led by the Holy Ghost, the law has no effect on you. It is a different realm. It is completely different from the life that a sinner lives. You have, you're not under the law. Look what he says as he goes on further. He says, now he, now the words be of, of the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Various emulation, wrath, spirit, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not be in the enter into the kingdom of God. I can't even see up here today. Amen. The Lord's going to have to help me. Amen. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, read it out with me, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. How many of you here today have problems with your flesh? Let me see your hand. Why? Why? Now I'm talking to Kip too, but why? Because we're not walking in the Spirit. We're not walking in the Spirit. Why? Why is it that we have revelings and such like? Why is it that we have lasciviousness? Why is it that we have wrath? Why is it we get upset? Why is it we lose control of our emotions? Why is it that our flesh dictates how our life is going to be? Why? Because we're not walking in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law against that, but there is a law against the acts of the devil and the acts of the flesh. So here we have now the power in the power of the Holy Ghost to walk under the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, as we go on, that you have already crucified the flesh. Galatians chapter number 2, as Paul was writing to the Galatians, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. Everybody say that with me. I have been crucified with Christ. We missed that. We died 2,000 years ago. Your flesh was crucified 2,000 years ago. There is nothing you have to do to crucify your flesh. It's already crucified. Your old man is dead. He is history. He has been put in the grave. He does not have to resurrect. He has been crucified with Christ. He was buried with Christ. He, a new man was raised up with Christ. A new man was ascending to the high, the high throne of heaven with Christ. A new man sat down at the right hand of the Father. A new man was anointed by the Father. A new man was exalted by the Father. A new man was released here on this earth. And the dominion mandate when Jesus made it to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father was placed back on you and God said you have to rule your world. Smile at somebody say, I got to rule my world. Your family should start getting back in order. Your finances should get back into order quickly. Nobody should be worried about anything. You are created in the image of God. Now you got to get this. If you don't get this, you're going to miss it. That means if you need a job, everybody needs a job, look at me, create one. You don't have to have somebody hire you to have a job. Create one. You have a power placed on the inside of you that whatsoever you say, it shall be done. And when you do so, walking in the dominion mandate, you are causing the creation to come to you as God wanted it to come to you, and you are ruling that creation as God intended you to rule it. Amen? So he says, 
You were crucified 2,000 years ago. You were buried 2,000 years ago. And God raised you back up. And Jesus was telling Nicodemus, he said, the only way you can see or enter into the kingdom of heaven is to experience the power that God gave you through the death of Jesus Christ as you are born again. The old man is laid down in the grave and the new man comes back up. So we are new creatures in Jesus Christ. Y'all with me now? You follow me to this point. All right, so, and it says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust of it. So not only did you crucify the flesh, the flesh don't desire nothing in you. You don't lust after anything. See, this is what's called walking in the spirit. When you walk in the spirit, the flesh can't overtake you. It says, if we live in the Holy Ghost or in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Holy Ghost or in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another, and all of that other stuff. We need to understand we have the power to walk in the Spirit. So I brought that to you today because God's got something for me to give you. He's going to teach you here this morning how to really walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 2, verse 25. I just want you to see this. This is Peter speaking on the day of Pentecost. And this is nothing new. There was a young man in the Old Testament by the name of David that walked in the Spirit on a daily basis. He walked in the Spirit. Although he fell, there came a point in his entire life that he learned how to walk in the spirit on a daily basis. And he done something, and he learned something that helped him to walk in the spirit on a daily basis. If you got verse 25, shout out amen. Now, I want everybody here this morning to read that out to me, then I'm going to try to preach it a little bit. You ready to go? For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. Read it out. Read it out loud. For he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. He said, I saw the Lord always before my face. And I came to the realization and understood that he was on my right hand. In the beginning, man's spirit was dominant here in the, United, in, in the creation, the dominant force in the creation. But when Adam sinned, that dominance was changed. The spirit of man became less dominant and fell down in a position, and the mind of man began to be dominant. Sin came in and dethroned man's spirit from his throne and crowned man's intellect as the king of the creation and the devil used that there in the minds of man to get it done what he needed to do. The Holy Ghost left the earth. And during that point in time, all hell broke loose. You need to thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because if you were living in the times right now, you think it's hard right now. If you were living in those times where there were giants, where there were demonic devils that had appearing here on this earth, killing people, trying to wipe you out, going crazy. It ain't nothing like we've ever seen here on this earth. God said that when Jesus come, he restored the earth back and gave us that dominion power. That literally the restrainer of the devil is here on this earth, keeping him at bay. You better praise God for the Holy Ghost. Because if you didn't have the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't have what you have right now. Chances are you wouldn't be alive right now. Chances are you wouldn't own anything. Chances are your flesh would be torn and crippled all to pieces. You better praise the Lord for the Holy Ghost. Somebody praise the Lord for the Holy Ghost. But grace is restoring man's spirit today back to the position of dominion. And in so doing, when man comes to the realization that he will live in the realm of the spirit, he will be able to live in the supernatural without any effort whatsoever. Can I say that again? 
when you finally realize that you literally have the dominion and your spirit is anointed one more time like it was supposed to be anointed and placed in dominion, then you can live in the supernatural without any effort whatsoever. You can hear angels speak. You can hear God speak. You can hear the king speak. You can see things that nobody else sees. It will awaken up things in your life that you've never seen before. But you've got to come to the realization that your spirit must be the one that is anointed and not your mind and your intellect. Slap that beside you and say you're going crazy in your mind. That's our problem. Man today wants to recognize our mind and the thought process that's up here. But God said, that ain't what I crowned to be the crown king of this year of creation. I crowned your spirit and your spirit has access not only here on this earth. It's got access up in heaven and it's got power in heaven and on earth. And also it's got power down in hell. Your spirit should be the thing that literally is in reigning position in your life. Someone shout out amen. So our new reality as a Christian is that we are born of the Spirit and we literally walk in the Spirit. Now that phrase everybody's talking about when, when uh, Nicodemus asked him, he said, what can I do? And he said, you've got to be born again. In the original Greek, it means you've got to be born from above. Doesn't mean be born again, so to speak. You got to be born from above. And it kind of shocked Nicodemus. He said, What do you mean? I'm an old man. I can't be born again. I'm so old, I can't go back and be born in my mama's womb. And Jesus said, You're a master and a teacher of the Christians, I'm sorry, of the Judaism religion. And here you are, you can't tell me and understand that things of the Spirit are not the same as it is in the natural realm. You don't understand this. You're a master of the law, and you don't understand that whatever is of spirit is of spirit and whatever is of flesh of flesh. You're so far along into man's intellect and man's thought that you forgot that the dominion mandate that God gave man was suspended but I've come here to reinstitute that and use it by the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will come in and born you again and make things brand new and then you're going to be able to cast off the works of the flesh without effort. Oh my God, I can't even preach this morning. Without effort, it's easy to walk in the Spirit. Without effort. The reason why we're not walking in the Spirit is because we think it's a tough little job to do. So before I go forward, let me teach just a minute. To be dominant, listen to what this word dominant means. It means to be ruling, to be governing, to be controlling. To have or exerting authority and exert influence and to, to literally occupy or be in, in a commanding or an elevated position. Occupying a position and being elevated into a commanding position. Occupying a position and being elevated into a commanding position. You are a, over and above and in a higher position than the devil is. You can get the devil out of your life with simply a word. And we sit here and let the devil come in and run us crazy and cause us to be sick for years. We fell down to all of our flesh and failed and done exactly what the flesh wants us to do. But rest on the inside of you as a power. That if you use that power under the Holy Ghost, that you with one word can put the devil on the flea. The Bible said if you'll resist him, he's got to flee. If you'll stand up against him, you, he's got to get out of your life. Some of us here need to rage up in the power of the Holy Ghost. Put on our armor and stand up and dare the devil to take another step. And say when you start coming into my property, you're taking a very touch step with Jesus Christ himself. And you need to wake up and realize, I know who I am. I am under the power of the Holy Ghost. I got dominion over you and every imp that there is in here. I got dominion over that disease. I got dominion over that spirit of poverty. I got that dominion over that spirit of witchcraft. I ain't got to put up with you, devil, because I'm born of the spirit. I'm not born of this flesh. My mind is not controlling me. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that has brought me up and gave me the advantage over you. And you think that I'm going to bow down and give you my territory. Uh-uh, brother. Own what God gave me, and I'm going to move in the power of the Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and say, He's on my right hand today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I said to you that grace was restoring and putting man's spirit back in the position that they're supposed to be in. The word restoring, listen to this, means to bring you back into existence, to use you or, to, or the like to reestablish you and to bring back to a former original or a normal condition to put back you into a former place and a position or a rank. I want you to, a rank. I want you to look at your neighbor, look at it right quick, and say you're not normal. Now, there's a lot of truth to that. Then one worse than that, they've been accused a lot of being not normal. That's a good thing. But I'm not talking about a good thing right now. I'm talking about the bad thing. You're not normal. When you, yourself, are not walking in the Spirit, you're not normal. When you are not using what God has given you in the Spirit, you're not normal. You're abnormal. You have a dis-ease in your body. That's why your mind is driving you crazy. That's why your emotions is up and down. That's the reason why you can't think straight. That's the reason why you can't see straight. That's the reason why when something other happens, you panic and you lose everything that you got in your life. You can't get calmed down in no way whatsoever because you're not normal. Look at that right beside me and say, I'm not normal. You see, that's confessing your faults. Amen? But I'm going to tell you before you leave today, you'll have the authority and the power to get normal. Smile at somebody and say, I'm going to walk out of here normal today. I'm going to walk out of here normal because God is going to keep me in the revelation and the knowledge and the image to understand and put me back in the position that I'm supposed to be in. I'm supposed to be in a position that when I open up my mouth, hell begins to tremble. When I open up my mouth, angels are dispatched at any moment. When I open up my mouth, sin has got to walk out of my dwelling. When I walk out of my mouth, the plague called COVID-19 can't come nowhere close to your dwelling. When you open up your mouth, hell cannot override you because you are at an advantage and a superior position than what hell is in your life. And we need to quit bowing down to the devil and act like that we are the royal kings of the creation that God has blessed us to be. Smile at somebody say, who's on your right hand? That's my revelation today, and I'm going to get to that in just a few minutes. But I want you to also understand here this morning that to God is wanting to give you back everything that hell has taken away from you. God is wanting to make him return to you and to restore to you everything that hell has taken away from you. In the Bible, the Bible says when it teaches restitution that if a stealer comes in and steals something from you, that when they're caught, they are to give back to you four times what they stole from you. So we here today have put the devil on notice and wrote it up in the heavenly chronicles, up in heaven on the headlines, that, uh, the front page, the first line, there on the front page of heaven newspaper and told the devil to read it. And it simply says, living water says and decrees under the name of Jesus Christ that Satan must give us back every dollar that he took from us four times, every relationship that he took from us four times, every day that he took from us four times, every sickness that he brought upon us, he's got and the damage he caused in our body, he's got to come in and restore us four times and this church is going to walk under the power of the Holy Spirit and we're going to walk in the Spirit and we're going to be a holy without blame church that can speak and change the world, not only change this world, but change heaven someone shout out amen like you mean it's the ministry of the Holy Ghost through grace that places man's spirit back to the intended throne that God put him in so there are four words Hebrew words that talk about this dominion in chapter 1 of Genesis chapter 1 and chapter number 2 the first word that we come about is in verse 20, uh, in verse 26 through 28 Genesis chapter number 1 there's two of them the first one is Rada I want you to hear that word Rada. Here, God gives this man a, a mandate. He says, this is an official order. This is your commission. This is your commission. This is your job. This is what you're supposed to do. And I'm giving you the authority to command and do and to carry out this dominion mandate. So you can do this. Slap that beside me so you can do this. The devil has gone to church to believe that we are literally a beat down, broken up Christian and have no power and everything is beating us down. But God said, when I anoint your spirit and put it in the right place, you are anointed to do what I'm fixing to tell you you can do. I'm going to give you a mandate. I commissioned you and I gave you the power and the authority to put hell on the do less go and to get him out of your garden. 
Somebody shout at amen. Then in verse 15 of chapter number 2, there's two words. The first word is rada. That word is translated rule or dominion. The second word is subdue or kadash. And it literally is meaning to overcome, to quieten, and to bring things under control. The third word is a god, and it means to dress or to teal. And the third, fourth one is shamar. It means to keep. So in the word there, in the, in the way he said, not only are you to have dominion, not only are you supposed to subdue, you're supposed to dress the garden. Everybody holler out and say, dress the garden. Find somebody else and say, you've been working in your garden. How many like the garden here this morning? How's your garden look? Is it full of weeds? Is there a bunch of bugs eating your plants? Is there fruit on the vine? You got plenty of cucumbers and tomatoes and squash right now. You got some fruit in your garden here right now. Amen. Am I talking to any gardeners here in the house? How's your spiritual garden looking this morning? Oh, I'm going to tell you what. Some of y'all, I get into your spiritual garden, I'm going to be afraid to even walk in there because the snakes might grab a hold of me pretty quick. That word dress means to take your work and perform it, not just because it's there and you like to do it, but to do it out of obligation. Look at that beside and say, you're obligated to dress your garden. It literally means it is a requirement, and you do it because of your gratitude. The other word there is the word keep it. Everybody else say keep it. That is the word shamash. It literally means to guard it. It means to stand up there and guard it. It literally means to put a hedge around your garden and to guard it, to protect it, to literally closely watch your world and guard it and protest against anything that is coming against his preservation. It is literally meaning that God anointed Adam as a covering cherub, so to speak, over his garden and said, if anything goes wrong in this garden, it's your fault. Can I say that again? If anything is going wrong in your life, whose fault is it? Now, we love to blame mom and daddy and brother and sister and aunt and uncle and the preacher and the deacon and all those other people. No, no, no. The reason why you in the mess you in is because you got yourself in that mess. And you didn't listen to God. And you listened to your flesh. And you let your mind tell you what you wanted to do. You had some spiritual saints in your life that literally gave you the, 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 the revelation and the very things of God and the enlightenment of God and preached to you. They were blue in the face, but you were so much your Mr. Macho and Mrs. Macho that you wanted to go out there and do whatever you wanted to do. And you got your mindset that you're going to be who you wanted to be. It didn't matter what nobody said. And then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose in your life and you had to come crying back to mama and crying back to the nanny and crying back to grandma and granddaddy and asked him to help you out and you wanted to blame everybody else for what happened to you but it was your own fault because you weren't walking in the spirit am I talking to anybody amen so man was anointed in his spirit by the Holy Ghost and he was put here as the covering for the creation you literally have power over this creation and you need to understand that and walk in it but the central word I want to talk to you about before I preach is the word rada. it means to be in dominion to have a throne to move in the power of God to do what God wants you to do to literally represent God as God would be represented and do the same thing that you would do here on this earth you you are to literally image God here in your family. You are to image God on your job. You are to image God when you're out in the world. Amen. Now, I was riding the other day, driving down the road. Somebody come by me, and I've been sitting there at the, at the stoplight, and the stoplight turned green about two seconds, and I didn't see it. Next thing I know, there was about 20 horns blowing, trying to get me to move. There was a cop one time that stopped this woman. This woman was driving through town and she literally had road rage and she was going crazy. She was telling everybody off and she was literally just grumbling at everybody that was coming around and everything. He pulled the blue light on her. She pulled over. He walked up and said, can I see your driver's license? She said, yeah, what have I done wrong? I wouldn't speed. He said, yeah, yeah, you're right. You wouldn't speed. He said, I just need to verify that you own this car. She said, yeah, I own this car. I'm driving it. She said, I didn't know. She said, back there on them bumper stickers, said, meet me in church on Sunday and Jesus is the way and all this stuff. And the way you were acting, you sure don't look like no Christian to me. I had to make sure that this car wasn't stolen. 
So I stopped you so I'd make sure I had somebody, the right person behind it, because you sure ain't acting like a Christian. Now, I'm going to tell you what, that's the way that the devil's got us programmed, that we're going to act out and do anything we want to do in our flesh when we got the power to overcome that. There is no reason why we should act that stupid. And I'm preaching to Kip too, too. There's no reason why we should lose ourselves out there in the middle of the world and people see how stupid we actually are. Amen. Smile at me. Amen. This morning, I'm going to preach for just a few minutes. Amen. So the dominion mandate that God gave us gave us the authority to literally decide who does and who don't enter into our garden. We decide who we open the door up to. We decide who we open up the gate to. We decide who we open up our life to. Do we not say amen? amen. If you don't want to be my friend, you ain't got to let me be your friend. Amen. If you don't ever want to come to live in water, you ain't never got to come to live in water. But you're the one that makes the decision who you open the door up to in your life. So if you've opened up the door to poverty in your life, it's time for you to shut the door of poverty. You see, the Bible says, listen to me real good. The Bible says that a man that is going to be prosperous must get up and early get out and seek the word of God. Because when the manna of God came down, it came down very early in the morning. And when the sun came up, it was gone. Some of us need to start getting rolling up out of the bed before the sun comes up so that you can break that poverty that's been in your life all these many years. Am I helping anybody? Amen. I think the Holy Ghost is preaching pretty good this morning. So we have a dominion mandate and God says that we have the power to do that. So if you literally are the one that decides who opens the door or who comes in the door, you literally are the one that is allowed whatever's going on in your life. Amen. So if you're the one that's allowed it, then who's got the answer to it? Who? Holler it out so they can hear you on the tape. You do. You got the answer. Everybody, I say, I got the answer. You say, boy, I'm going to help you here this morning. You got the answer. You got the answer straighten out your relationship. You got the answer straighten out your finances. You got the answer straighten out your health. You got the answer straighten out your world. You got the answer straighten out your bank account. You got the answer straighten out your marriage. You got the answer straighten out your children. You got the answer straighten out your grandchildren. You got the answer straighten out your aunt, your uncle, your whoever it is, your friend. You got the answer. Everybody, I say, I got the answer. The problem is, we don't see it. We don't know how to use it. Amen. So the Bible says that you have the authority to open up the door to your garden. And Jesus said, no man can see the kingdom of heaven unless he's born from above. And no man can enter in or go in and possess the kingdom of heaven except they be born again. But in Acts chapter 2 verse 37, the Bible says that we, when we repent, must receive the Holy Ghost. Everybody look at somebody right beside me and say, receive the Holy Ghost. So how is it that you live and walk in the Holy Ghost? The word receive is in the Greek word halimbano. It means the desire and literally to come in and to grab a hold of something in action so that you possess it. And the Holy Ghost literally makes you come alive. When you receive the Holy Ghost, John tells us that in chapter number 7, Jesus said that the Holy Ghost will be a river of living water that comes on the inside of you. He said, he said that that is the spirit that will come in and make your spirit come back to life. The Holy Ghost will bubble up on the inside of you. And you can't sit in here looking like somebody bopped you in the mouth and you lost all your joy. There ain't no way in the world if you have the power of the Holy Ghost that you can sit there when a praise song was going on and not clap your hands. There ain't no way under the world if you're walking in the Spirit that you're going to walk around looking like that somebody has beat the daylight out of you all day with your lips grabbing the ground. And somebody nicknamed you lips because that's all they saw was your lips as you walked around the place. I want you to know God is giving you the power and the glory to stand up against this stuff and it's time for the church to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost take back that dominion and demand the devil to leave your territory walk out of your family walk out of your child's life walk out of your church and enforce the victory that Jesus gave us on the cross and through the grave and through his exaltation it's time for the church to rise up in the power of the glory of the Holy Ghost and move the way we need to amen but once we realize that, we got to start worshiping Him in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, worship Him. The Word, it says in John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, if you're going to worship God, you got to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And it goes on and it says, and God is the man that is seeking a man that will worship Him like that. So how is it that you live in the Holy Ghost? First thing is you got to define it. 
You got to see if you can define something, then you can go after it. So I took all this time, 38 minutes here this morning, to define to you how you can live here on this earth. You can live in power. You can live in dominion. You can cause the creation to bless you. You can cause God to bless you. You can be under the alignment with God so when God blesses you, he don't add something to you. He multiplies it to you. You can be under the power of the Holy Ghost to where the devil cannot move in your life and use your lust of your flesh to wear yourself down. You can have enough of money to live and bless others. You can be the one that is victorious. I wish to God I was preaching to somebody other than these walls in this house. I believe today that God is trying to get his church to realize that you got dominion. Secondly, you got to focus intently on what you're trying to do. So let me ask real quick. How many of you here picked up and read your Bible every day this week? How about over here? I got three over here. None over here. You see, you got to put your focus intently on what's going to bring you the power. Now, if I step before you here today and I said, all right, here's five steps. And after these five steps, Vander, when you get finished, you're going to be a billionaire. And I could prove to you that you could do it. How many of you for free would say, okay, teach me those five steps and I'll do what you want me to do? Well, I'm here to tell you right now, you can own everything. You can see everything that the Holy Ghost has given unto Jesus, and you can see it, and you can experience You can feel it under the power of Almighty God and walk in it, and it's free to you, but your focus has got to be changed from the way you think to the way God thinks. Amen? So that's the third step. The fourth step is you receive coaching. You learn how to listen to somebody else that's been through the same thing you went through. Amen? So what's step one? Step one is, is you take a fascination to the Word of God. How many of you love your Word? Amen? Amen. How many of you will go nowhere without your Word? How many of you read that Word religiously? You pray over that Word religiously. That Bible tells us that we are to meditate on it day and night. Everybody hold out and say meditate. That word meditate means to envision what you're reading coming to pass. So if God says that you have all things, uh, through, you can do all things through Jesus Christ, then you envision yourself doing all things. Am I helping anybody this morning? And you're to take that word according to Psalms 119, and you're to treasure it in your heart. And one thing that we need to realize is we've got to under, start understanding when God talks to us and when our mind's talking to us. So let's take a survey. When God speaks to you over here, where do you hear him? Point to it right quick over here. Share by show me. Okay, I got some doing this, some doing this, some doing this. Over here. When God speaks to you, where do you hear him at? Where, where do you hear him in your body? Right here. It's a gut secret. How many times I've done that? Robin, how many times have I done that to the church? You reckon I'm going to have to throw this microphone to get somebody to understand it? The Bible says you will get a witness in here. When the Holy Ghost speaks to you, it comes here. Your mind or anything else that you hear, that's not God. But if you get a gut feeling, how many times have my grandma or granddad look at you and say, Go with your good. Amen. Follow your good. I don't know what to do, Mama. Go with what your good is telling you to do. They're telling you listen to God. Because this will never leave you wrong. Some of y'all stood right beside that man when you was ready to marry that man. And this told you, you don't need to marry this man. And you said, I do anyhow. Amen. And you got exactly what you wanted. Then you want to grumble because you got exactly what you wanted. This is how you listen to God's voice. Now, now listen. 
when it begins to, when you begin to listen to it, it begins to flow like a little, little river. John chapter number 7 says that the power of God, the Holy Ghost, will flow in you like a raging river. It will come into you. It will come out into many rivers. So when you start listening to the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll begin to hear the flow of the Holy Ghost. And it'll start bubbling up on the inside of you. And in Acts chapter number 2 that I read to you, David discovered what he had to do to walk in the Spirit. And that is he had to make meditate and realize that Jesus was before him all the time and that Jesus was on his right hand. Everybody say, Jesus is on my right hand. You visualize Jesus on your right hand. You visualize him on his right hand. So when you go to do something, another you say, is that what you, we need to do? When you go to say something, you say, is that what we need to say? When you go to spend something, you say, is that what we need to spend? Are y'all hearing me? Amen. So these spontaneous thoughts come into your mind while you're praying. That is when the Holy Ghost is speaking unto you. And man's unanointed mind cannot lead you into perfection or into success. So you must follow this right here. Amen. There's a comedian out there. She says her husband is left brain and she is right brain. I'm left brain because I'm right handed. I think predominantly with my left brain. Tina is left-handed. She thinks predominantly with her right brain. But the problem is the right brain is an analytical brain. The right brain is a analyzed brain. It is a brain that is an analog brain. And it is not the brain that God talks to. It is the right brain, the left brain, I'm sorry, the right brain is the one. The left brain is the one that God ministers to. I, yeah, I got that back. The left brain is the one God speaks to, and the right brain is not. Because in the left brain, that's where you think in words. God does not talk to the left brain. That's what I'm trying to say. And you go through sequences, you go through math, you go through facts, you go through logic on your left brain. But in your right brain, you see things in feelings and in visualization. You can imagine with your right brain. You can see a rhythm in your right brain. You can literally go through holistic thinking in your right brain. And you can literally be creative in your right brain. So God is telling us that we must learn how to take the dominant side of our brain and get rid of it and let God speak to us. So in Scripture... David said, I saw Jesus on my right hand. The position of the right hand was considered to be the most prominent and honorable, honorable position that there is in the world. So when you got somebody on your right hand, that is a place of honor. If a man has God at his right hand, the Bible teaches us that God has a shield around us. So if you've got God, Jesus' sword is in his hand on a daily basis and it is Jesus that is fighting the enemy for you and you don't have to fight back because he will win the battle for you. Y'all follow me, amen? Psalms 109.31 says that he stands at the right hand of the needy one. How many of y'all need him today, amen? He says, I stand at the right hand and I'm there to save his life from those that condemn him. You do not have to answer back to nobody when they condemn you. It is Jesus that will fight your battle. When they find your fault, let them grumble if they want to. And I'm having to learn this. I've got to learn how to bite my tongue. I've got to learn how to shut up because there's a lot of people that can find a lot of faults with this old boy. But when they began to condemn me, Leah, I've got to learn if I'm going to walk in the spirit to say, Jesus is at my right hand. He's the one with the sword. And you didn't activate Kip Nance when you began to condemn Kip Nance. You activated Jesus to go fight on my behalf. And the Holy Ghost is coming down to fight on my behalf. And the Holy Ghost will win the battle regardless of what you try to do. So condemn me all you want to. It's not going to be kept that fights you. It's going to be the Holy Ghost that comes and fights against you. Amen. So God is on the offensive for us. He's working for us on a daily basis. Y'all with me? Amen. Another thing about a right hand. When you got married, a woman stood on the right hand of the man. Why? Because it was symbolic of the man's protection. It was symbolic of the man's covenant of the protection that they have there. Smile at that person right beside of you. I'm teaching this morning. Smile at them and say, I am Jesus' bride. 
Turn to another and say, I am Jesus' bride. Mm. So if you are Jesus' bride and you're standing at the right hand, he is at your right hand, and you're standing at his right then he is the one that protects you. He is your bridegroom. And if he's the one that's protecting you, why in the world are you losing yourself and walking out there in the lust of the flesh? Why are we bowing down to the devil and all these enemies? See, the devil don't want you to hear this here this morning because when he began to realize this and envision Jesus on your right hand, there's a lot of things that you react to that you'll stop reacting to today. Am I helping anybody? Amen. Psalm 17 and 7 says, Show thy marvelous love and kindness, O thou that saveth by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee for those that rise up against them. When somebody rises up against you, put your trust in Jesus. When the devil tries to take your family member out, put your trust in Jesus. Instead of trying to rectify the situation, let the Holy Ghost rectify the situation. Walk in the Spirit because God is literally an undefeated champion. He has never been defeated. He will always win. And you will lose every time you try to do it. Amen. Most people's right side is their strongest. I'm right-handed. Tina's left-handed. I'm right-handed. And this is my strongest side. Psalms 18.35 says this. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. And thy right hand holds me up. And the gentleness has made me great. So Jesus is at your right hand. And all this teaching this morning to preach to you about two minutes. When you go to pray this morning, you need to begin to envision that Jesus is at your right hand. Jesus will sustain you. He will literally come in and encourage you. He will affirm you. The Bible says that his right hand is full of righteousness. The Bible says that if he is at your right hand, he is fighting the battle for you. I want you to know the devil wants you to throw your hands up and walk out and give up and give up on your faith. But my God told me to come tell you here this morning, don't you give up right now. Because if you can envision me at my your right hand, I am standing at your right hand. And I will go fight for you. I am your right hand man. And I will fight for you when all hell comes against you. When everything is trying to take you out, I will fight for you. Do not move in the power of your flesh. Move in the power of your spirit. My right hand has the righteousness in it and I will make sure that everything is dealt primarily 100% totally for you in justice. Get your life squared away and envision that Jesus is with you. Someone shout out amen. amen. Then he says, that that I give you because I'm at your right hand in Psalm 16 11, he says you will have eternal pleasures. Evermore. So ask your neighbor right here this morning, ask him, so who's on your right hand? David said in Psalms, he said, I set Jesus on my right hand. It is your duty to set Jesus on your right hand. I want you to just turn around, look at your neighbor, and say, Look at Jesus. Anytime you got a problem with me, look at Jesus. Anytime you got a problem with living water, look at Jesus. Anytime you got a problem in your life, you need to envision Jesus at your right hand. Here's what I'm meaning by that. When you pray for someone that is sick, understand and visualize that Jesus is standing right there beside your right hand. And when he's standing beside your right hand, envision that person getting healed by the power of the Holy Ghost immediately. When you pray for someone that gets saved, envision that Jesus is on your right hand and they're on, he's on their right hand and Jesus is ministering to them and they will get saved under the power of the Holy Ghost. Anytime anything's going wrong, fall on your knees in the power of Almighty God and envision Jesus taking care of the situation right there. I began to envision that every one of y'all here in this church would have the power of the Holy Ghost in a mighty way and you'll begin to shout around this place. Oh, I'm waiting for the day that Lib jumps up and runs around this church. I'm waiting for the day that everybody here stands up in the power of Almighty God and shouts and stands up and moves in the power of the Holy Ghost instead of coming in here and had to pump you up for 15 hours to get you excited about the power of the Holy Ghost. God said, Jesus is on your right hand. He's right there beside of you. He's fought your battle. He's won your battle. He'll never lose your battle. He'll stand when nobody else will stand with you. He'll fight for you when nobody else will fight for you. He'll deliver when nobody else will deliver for you. He'll move when nobody else will move for you. He'll raise you up when everybody else kicks you down. He'll stand there for you and stand against your enemy and never leave you high and dry. You will never ever be forsaken one more time again.
because you have been born by the Holy Ghost. You have been born from above and you now see the kingdom of God. You now receive and enter into the kingdom of God. You got the power of the whole power of God and the kingdom of God and it's time for you to release it. Everybody just call out and say, Jesus, you're on my right hand this morning. So here today, God said, now release my power. We sung that song, Jesus is moving. We're going to sing it again. Come on, church. Come on, worship team. We're going to sing it again. Because Jesus is moving, and who is he moving for? Oh, uh, y'all don't sound too excited about it. Jesus is moving this morning, and who's he moving for? Jesus is moving this morning, and who's he moving for? So Jesus said for me to come tell you today, as you stand here 